Hi, this is Ernest Sarton Jr., Marcus from the Jefferson, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Well, all right. Ed Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television that will shift gears this segment as we welcome Ms. Universe 2021, Nikki Johnson-Houston. If Nikki's life were a movie, it would have a great story arc. Nikki overcame a life of poverty when she was a child, including several years of being homeless when she was a teenager, to become a successful attorney and advocate for the homeless who shares her stories with organizations around the country. Not only that, when Nikki entered the pageant world in 2018, winning the titles of Mrs. Montgomery County, Ms. Philadelphia, and Ms. Pennsylvania before winning the Ms. Universe Beauty Pageant in 2021, Nikki has used her platform to create awareness of homelessness and particularly the plight of homeless youth throughout the United States. Toward that end, Nikki has joined forces with Doors of Change, Doors of Change, a nonprofit organization that offers music and art instruction in small group settings to transform the lives of homeless youth. We'll talk more about Doors of Change in just a moment, but first, Nikki Johnston-Houston, welcome to TV Confidential. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be a guest on your show. Also, with us on the line today is Jeffrey Sitkoff. Jeffrey is the president and founder of Doors of Change for more than two decades. Jeffrey has led a group of committed volunteers to help homeless youth between the ages of 17 and 25 find long-term safe housing and stay off the streets. Doors of Change has not only helped more than 2,300 homeless youth find safe forever homes, but has developed an arts and music program called Taking Music and Art to the Streets that has benefited more than 8,300 homeless youth, first in San Diego and now in 13 other states. Elton John, Billy Joel, B.B. King, Carlos Santana, The Rolling Stones, and Three Dog Night are just a few of the many, many music artists who have supported Doors of Change over the years. There's a benefit concert coming up in June that will feature Three Dog Night. We'll tell you about that. Just a second as well. Jeffrey Sitkoff, welcome to TV Confidential. It's wonderful to be here, and I really appreciate the opportunity to educate people about the homeless youth issue. Uh, well, let's start with that. Your collaboration, the collaboration between you and Nikki makes sense on a lot of levels and seems like a natural fit. How did you first both discover each other? Was there a particular goal that you wanted to achieve? or a particular need for the homeless, homeless youth that you wanted to address when you decided to join forces? Nikki first, then Jeffrey. So uh, Jeffrey reached out to me a couple of years ago when he was doing a panel talking about homelessness. And before I say yes or, you know, give my title or, you know, my name to anything, I do research. And I was just so blown away by the work that he did and also my family, I had spent some of my teenage years in San Diego, so there was definitely a personal tie there. But as someone who's experienced homelessness and who's an advocate for homelessness, um, the population that he targets in terms of dealing with homeless teenagers, especially kind of in that sweet spot of 17 to 25, is a group that needs some of the most help, but many times just kind of falls through the cracks. And so he and you meet him and you talk to him and he's so passionate. And I really also enjoyed the fact that he was 
meeting kids where they were in terms of art and music and trying to find things that they were passionate about, but also that he worked really hard to give them a voice and allow them to share their own stories and to humanize this issue of what it means to experience homelessness. So for me, once I did my research and, you know, got to talk to Jeffrey, it really was a, a no-brainer, and I really haven't looked back since in the last couple of years, and I was so honored when he asked me to participate in the upcoming um, event and fundraiser in June. So I, I'm, I'm happy to be a little part of the work that he continues to do, but he absolutely is just the real deal. Jeffrey, what first attracted you to reach out to Nikki? Well, we wanted to have a symposium on youth homelessness, and I just started Googling about, you know, who was successful. They were homeless as a youth, and when I came upon her story just blew me away and the more I you know read about it and the more I researched her I thought well this is an amazing woman and when we talked on the phone she's just uh, so authentic and that you know really Nikki is a role model for so many youth that are homeless that give them the hope that it is possible to break the cycle of homelessness because they don't believe they can do it and so when they see someone that was homeless that's broken through and to a level that she has it really lets people say, hey, with hard work, maybe I can do something. Nikki, I think you mentioned that homeless youth between the ages of 16 and 25 are particularly vulnerable. Why, why do you think that is? Well, because you end up aging out of the system if you're um, part of foster care or even if you're at home with parents or grandparents or guardians, you tend to age out of the system at you know 18 years old. And so many times, um, these kids have so much talent, but, you know, they may be suffering from mental and emotional trauma uh, that they may not have dealt with. And you're going out into the world without a safety net that so many of my colleagues when I was going to college and when I was going to law school had. And so even if you get a scholarship, you know, you may not have money for a food plan or money for a dorm or something goes wrong like that happens in life, but you don't necessarily have that support system in that way. And so you're just more likely to backslide. Once you've experienced homelessness once in your life, you're much more likely to experience it multiple times. I myself have experienced homelessness three times. I was homeless on the streets with my mother and brother when I was between the ages of nine and 10 for a year, um, for a few months at the age of 15, and for the last time at 19 years old. And I was really, really fortunate to have help, but I was lucky. And what I like about Doors of Change and really appreciate is that the work that they do doesn't depend on someone getting lucky. It's about, you know, finding kids who need help and are in a place that they want to accept the help and trying to help them guide them to going to school. So you know, Jeff Googled me and found out about, you know, my journey from homeless to a successful lawyer here in Philadelphia and my advocacy work. But what I, what I love about the organization is that he has many kids that have been successful going through this program. And it is important for me to be a role model, not just to kids who've experienced homelessness, but people who are decision makers, who are politicians, who are making policies that impact people with homelessness to say that if you invest in us, if you give us access to the social safety net, there's nothing that they can achieve. Jeffrey, same question to you. Why are homeless youths between 16 and 25 so vulnerable? Well, number one, they are the most 
underserved is, uh, Mickey mentioned, they're the most underserved the entire homeless population. They have the greatest potential, though, to break the cycle of homelessness if given a shot and if they trust you. That's the biggest thing is that they don't trust anybody. They've been taken advantage of by so many adults that they don't know who to trust. So if they can, you can get them to trust you quickly, then they ask for help. And once they ask for help, then they start you know, going on a journey of, of growth and, and, and getting off the streets. The music in our program that we, we have, it's an award-winning program, and we found very quickly that youth light up with music and that if we can teach them, we have eight instruments that we instruct them in. And we also do goal setting that not only do we give them things, but if they can earn something. So if they come for six classes, which is six weeks, that's an eternity for a homeless kid, they can actually earn an instrument of their choice or art supplies. And we have 453 youth that have earned instruments over this time. That's a lot of youth. And they actually play on the streets. They feel better about themselves. Instead of begging, they actually, you know, people pay them for their, for their playing. And that's, again, another way of getting off the streets. So we find that if you help these youth, they're the ones that will break the cycle. Do you know that 51% of, of, of adults that are homeless in San Diego were homeless between the ages of 16 and 25? 51%. And they've been on the streets for years because they didn't get off the streets. Once they're on the streets for a long period of time, you know, mental illness sets in, you have the drug abuse, uh, you know, alcohol abuse, and, and it's just very difficult to – to break that cycle, that's why you got to get them off quickly. As quick as you can is going to be the best chance of them, you know, breaking the cycle quickly. You can learn more about Doors of Change by going to doorsofchange.org, doorsofchange.org. You can learn more about Nikki Johnson Houston by going to homelesstolawyer.com, homelesstolawyer.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. If you are a mental health professional... Or know someone who is want to tell you about a special three-day retreat coming up in May that is specifically designed for those who work in the mental health field. It is called the Immersion, a weekend of wellness, and it takes place in Malibu, California, Friday, May 6th through Sunday, May 8th. To bridge traditional methods or Western thought with such Eastern modalities as the mystical, the metaphysical, and the spiritual, the Immersion a Weekend of Wellness Retreat offers mental health professionals a unique opportunity to heal their own minds and bodies while also integrating whatever ideas that they deem valuable into their existing mental health practice, all in a beautiful environment. For details and more information, email info at welltime.com, W-E-L-L-T-Y-M-E, info at welltime.com or if you're on Instagram you can follow welltime or you can follow Coda Life Goddess C-O-T-A Life Goddess on Instagram for details to come as well. Hi this is Charles Fox and you're listening to TV Confidential. Nikki, I want to dive a little into your backstory in just a second, but first, just to piggyback on something Jeffrey just said, it sounds like the solution of arts and music was something that came to you naturally versus you sitting down and asking, how do we reach these kids? Well, for me, I brought a blues group into the shelter just to give them one night of music because I wanted to help their souls. And the kids went so crazy in such a good way, the instructors came up to me and said, I have never seen more youth excited about anything in 30 years. The next morning, 
we started the music in our program. It's been over 20 years now. Well, that's that's great. And we mentioned at the uh, top of the segment, uh, many, many uh, artists from the music world have embraced Doors of Change, have lent their talents to uh, support Doors of Change. There is a benefit concert coming up Thursday, June 30th that will benefit Doors of Change, Three Dog Night will perform that night. Concert will take place at the Moonlight Amphitheater in Vista, California, beginning at 7.30 p.m. VIP reception takes place 5.30 p.m. For more information, go to doorsofchange.org, doorsofchange.org. Nikki, your homeless advocacy is central to your personal brand and your platform, but I understand it is also central to the platforms of each of the beauty pageants that you have entered and and won absolutely and you know to go back kind of in time it started really when the first time that my family experienced homelessness so i was about 10 years old in a homeless shelter and in the common room the miss america pageant came on the screen and i got to tell you in that moment i didn't know where my next meal was coming from or you know where i was going to have a roof over my head and in that moment you know, a couple of things kind of occurred to me. I, I thought, I wish I could do this for myself and that I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be able to advocate for people in society who didn't have a voice, which was pretty lofty for a 10-year-old. And then you fast forward, I get through high school, I get through college, I get through law school. And then as an adult, um, I came across a woman who talked about beauty pageants and that I could use it as a way to, you know, highlight and put a spotlight on advocacy work that I was always already doing. So, you know, I'm definitely a proponent that even if someone is experienced homelessness, it doesn't mean that you can't make your dreams come true. They may be a little bit later in life because I'm a Ms. MS versus MISS, which are some of the younger women you see on TV. But I think that it's, you know, really important the belief that you can overcome homelessness. It's also very personal to me. Um, I had a younger brother and he passed away and he was never able to quite able to, you know, get out of the cycle of homelessness and he had a drug addiction and he had HIV. And so I personally understand how fortunate I am, but I also do this work in honor of his memory and for, you know, the lost talent that not only our family had, but the world had. And I don't want to see another kid go through that. I'm going to ask you about the difference between Ms. Universe and Miss Universe a little later on. But first, I want to go back to something you mentioned. You had the dream of entering a beauty pageant when you were a young girl, but you had the desire to be a lawyer when you were 10 years old as well. And uh, reading up about you, there, there are a couple of times when you were a young girl when you had the presence of mind to call a homeless shelter because your mother was unable to at, at the moment, and you had the presence of mind to call a homeless shelter and say, my family needs help, can you take us in? Where do you think that presence of mind, where do you think that drive came from, Nikki? I think I never, I don't know that I understood that I could achieve some of the things that I've achieved at this point, but I knew I wanted a chance. And I understood kind of intrinsically that this wasn't the way that my life should go and I was looking kind of at the adults around me who were struggling and I think as an adult now I have so much more empathy for you know what generational poverty does to people but I just I knew we needed help I knew you know we weren't going to have another night for a motel and you know I just started going through the yellow pages and 
you know, calling places, and some of the places hung up on me because I think they thought it was a prank. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I also think I was really fortunate that my maternal grandmother was there early in my life, and after us being homeless on the streets for a year, that's actually where I was sent to live. And although my grandmother didn't have a lot of material wealth, she used Section 8 housing to raise me. She really was a proponent of how important education was and how it could change my life, especially as a, a young black woman, that with education and having the ability to grow up in America in a different time than she grew up in, that it would be difficult but not impossible for me. And that idea really stuck for me, even when I had challenges. And, you know, this was not a straight line. I got a scholarship to college and I failed out. And I ended up getting a job as a live-in nanny for a family of lawyers. And I went back to school at night and graduated. So, you know, it wasn't perfection. I didn't always get it right. But people were giving me second, third, fourth chances. And I think that's what Doors of Change represents, is maybe for people the second, third, and fourth chances and allowing them to believe in themselves even when they can't see it. You know, Jeffrey can see it for them. And sometimes that's kind of what you need to get you over that hump. You can learn more about Doors of Change by going to doorsofchange.org, doorsofchange.org. You can learn more about Nikki Johnson Houston by going to homelesstolawyer.com, homelesstolawyer.com. We'll talk some more with Nikki and Jeffrey on the other side of the break. Among other things, we'll ask the difference between Ms. Universe and Miss Universe. We'll also ask Nikki about some of her early influences when she decided to become a lawyer, which includes such famous TV lawyers as Perry Mason. All that and more, we continue our conversation with Nikki Johnson Houston and Jeffrey Sitkoff. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. <laughs> 